Hi, Ann Pearson here. And before I begin today's episode, I'm excited to tell you about the Paralegal Bootcamp's new three-step roadmap to manage cases like a rock star paralegal. If you're fairly new to litigation, this quick start guide will help you figure out three things that you can be doing to help you better anticipate what the attorney needs before they have to ask for it. It'll help reduce some of those last minute scrambles, especially if you're working for an attorney who's a procrastinator or someone who doesn't always share all of the important case information with you. I put this three-step roadmap into a downloadable PDF for you, and it's completely free. You can get yours on our website at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. We all start doing some reflection as we get to the end of the year, thinking about how our year went, what we wished we did differently, or what we want to accomplish next year. So I thought this would be a good topic for some end of the year reflection. What would I do differently if I was starting a new paralegal career today? Me, Ann Pearson. Let's face it, it's always easy to look back and say, I should have done this instead of that. You know the saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. So I was thinking, what lessons did I learn that I could pass along to others so that they don't have to wait for hindsight being twenty twenty? Maybe it's something that gets you thinking before making an important decision. Or maybe you know a paralegal who's new to the paralegal profession that you can share this episode with. What I'd love to see in the comments is what's one thing or two or three that you would do differently if you were starting out a very brand new paralegal career today, given what you know now. So number one for me, and these aren't in any particular order, I'm just going to talk about them. But the first one that comes to mind is I would have invested more money and more time on my career development, especially in those first five years. It's one of the topics I talk about a lot on here. I apologize if you're tired of it, career development, but that's why I talk about it so much. It's especially important now as I'm looking at my end of the year numbers and I'm looking at them, the bookkeeper sent them over and I looked at the total dollar number next to professional development. It's higher than it's ever been. And I've been in business for 12 years. I think to myself, I should have done more of this a lot earlier in my entrepreneur journey, and I could have saved myself some headaches. When we're just starting out, you know, whether as a new paralegal or a new business owner, we're just trying to keep our heads above water. And we don't have time for that, quote, fluffy stuff when we've got all these deadlines, all these things we need to do. When I got my first paralegal job, I was still in college. They let me work kind of a reduced schedule. I don't know if it was 25 or 30 hours a week so that I could finish out my last semester. 
And that was one hard semester taking evening classes and working during the day. And even if the day was a little shorter than your typical workday, it was still hard. By the time I finished with school, I was sick of learning. I admit it. I was tired. I'm like, I'm never going back to school. You know, well, not really sick of learning. I was just plain tired from running home to change, grab a bite to eat, drive to class, and the class didn't end until 9 or 10. I don't know. It felt like midnight. It was rough. So when I graduated, I said, I need a break. I need a normal schedule. The problem is that break lasted several years. I told myself I didn't have the time to attend that conference or that paralegal association event. I placed everything else above my career development. Now, I will say too, though, it wasn't as easy back then as it is now. There was no such thing as Google or YouTube. Back then, and really what I'm talking about mostly is through much of the 90s, the only way to take a class or a course was at your local college or when there was a paralegal conference that would come into town, maybe once a year if you were lucky. And what do you suppose the likelihood was that that one day the conference was in town also coincided with a slow work day when you could actually attend it? Yeah. I'd also add to that, once I did start taking it more seriously, I should have included attending events that were outside my specific skill set. For example, I was a litigation paralegal who started out doing securities litigation. Instead of just attending a random attorney teaching thing where they were talking about drafting discovery or something, I could have easily found a local college class on securities, I think. I guess, I don't know because I never looked. The same with when I went from doing antitrust to construction litigation. It was at the same firm, so I relied on the attorneys to school me on what was the important aspects that I needed to know to do my job. But what about doing my job at the next level? Here's a perfect example of that. If you've listened to some other episodes, you may remember the story of the construction litigation paralegal who I worked with on opposite sides of a case. She went from in-house paralegal to executive vice president of the company. How did she do that? Because throughout her time as a construction litigation paralegal, she took classes on things like project management, construction project budgeting, you know, all things related to the industry that she was in and not always necessarily paralegal related. So, you know, part of that was because she had a career plan. She wanted to move out of the traditional paralegal role. I'm sure if you've been a listener for a while, you probably already have a copy of the Paralegal Bootcamp's career development plan. But if you don't, I'll put it in the show notes for you. All right, number two, what would I do differently if I was starting out brand new? I wouldn't have asked the other paralegals how much money they make. I know, bad decision. Well, I don't know if I actually came right out and asked them, but at some point they told me, whether it was during a lunch or some other conversation, I don't really remember the exact circumstances because it was almost 30 years ago. I actually don't even remember when it was, but it was very early in my career. What I do remember is how it made me feel and what it made me do. It made me dislike my job because I had the attitude that I was being underpaid. It made me want to leave the firm. And this was a job I otherwise loved. Up until that moment, I loved what I did. I was so proud of being able to have a paralegal job, a true paralegal job right out of school, before I even finished school. 
Now, keep in mind, this was very early in my career and being that young, I didn't take the time to think about how they had more experience than me. They'd been at the firm longer than me. There were all kinds of reasons why those paralegals were paid a lot more than me. But in my 20-something mind, none of that mattered. Here's why I want to bring this up. Because I see this on social media all the time. Someone posts and says they've got X years of experience and they're working at a small firm, say, in Florida, and they want to know if X is a low salary because they feel like they're being underpaid, but they're happy with the attorney in the firm. See, it's all relative. There could be another paralegal in that very same small town, maybe even working in a law firm right down the street, who makes ten dollars or $20,000 more per year than you. But they're working in high-dollar complex litigation, and you're working in insurance defense, and the firm's clients in insurance defense are going to limit how much the attorney can bill for your time. It's still a business. They're a law firm, but they're a business. That law firm has to make a decision on what they can afford to pay by factoring in what they can bill out for your time on an hourly basis. Or maybe on that same street in that same town, there's a paralegal working on the plaintiff side of personal injury and she's making around the same salary as you, that one that feels low. And now that makes you feel better because you think, okay, there's others being paid like me. But what you don't realize is that other person, you know, maybe doesn't have nearly the benefit package that you do. And you might be in for a big year-end bonus or even a mid-year bonus that that other person isn't. And I use this whole same town, same small town philosophy because the other thing I see a lot, which is, you know, paralegals will say, well, I make this, I'm in New York City, I'm in Miami, or I'm in LA, you know, thinking it's a big city. The market, the job market, the salary levels in big cities, even though they're all big cities, you know, if you picked the top five or 10 cities in the United States, you still couldn't compare. You can't say New York is the same as LA or Atlanta is the same as Miami. It just doesn't work like that. That's why I say, don't ask others if your salary is fair. Ask yourself. If you're new to the field, is it something that you can live with for a couple of years? Because it definitely will start to increase after year two. But here's the thing, don't accept a job offer for a salary that you know good and well, it is not enough to live on. And you're doing it, you're just accepting it, hoping that you're going to be able to get some big, huge raise in six months. That doesn't usually happen. If you get a job offer for, let's say, 35000 and you know that in order to pay your rent or your mortgage, utilities, daycare, gas, groceries, all of those things, In order to just get by, if you accept that job offer, you're going to have to get a second or third job just to make ends meet. Then tell the employer that when they make the offer. If you really want the job and you're willing to sacrifice to take it, then just say, at that salary, it's going to require me to drive for Uber on nights and weekends to make up the difference in what I need, which I might be willing to do if I have to, but I just want to make sure you're okay with me working a couple of side jobs to make up the difference. Or don't accept the job. Tell them you can't accept it at that level. Don't accept it and then just stew about the low salary and hope that someone eventually gets the hint that you're unsatisfied. All right, number three. I would have stayed at a small to mid-sized firm instead of moving into big law. 
You might be thinking, what? That's why you are where you are, because you had the opportunity to take that management position at Big Law. Now, I think now, 30 years later, I can look back and say, I am where I am today because this is exactly where I was meant to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed every minute of my paralegal career. We're talking about before I moved into management. You know, I'd gone from a litigation paralegal at a 20 attorney firm to a litigation paralegal at a 1,500 attorney firm. There were 1,500 attorneys firm-wide. Now, I was in a smaller regional office. There were maybe only about 100 attorneys in the Atlanta office of this firm. But the whole reason I was successful in that big firm is because of the experience I got at that small firm. I had more trials and drafted more motions for summary judgment in my first few years than most paralegals get to do their entire career at a big firm. Now, it's not all the same. Every single firm that's big is not the same. Every single firm that's small is not the same. This is just what I would have done different based on my own personal experience. The other reason why I would do that differently now, after all of those years of only being exposed to big law firms, except for that very first job, here's the thing. When you work on the defense side at a Goliath law firm, your only exposure is to paralegals and lawyers at other Goliath law firms. It's almost like you're living inside a bubble. Now, do you know why I listed that thing that I would do differently is staying is because over the past 12 years, after I got out of that bubble and opened my own company, these last 12 years, I've been exposed to and done work for a majority of the small to mid-sized firms. And there are some tremendous firms out there doing great things for their employees, great things for their paralegals. Every single week, I'm interacting with these firms, and I see what some of them are doing for their paralegals. I literally say to myself, if I was still a paralegal, I would love to work at a firm like that. In fact, I'm putting together an episode that's going to come out in early 2023-ish, sometime in the spring. Don't know when. I haven't even recorded it yet. It's going to be an interview. And we're going to talk about the pros and cons of big firms versus small firms, because I get that question so often. So make sure that you've signed up to get notified when new episodes of this podcast come out. I'll include a link in the show notes. That's going to send you to the main episode page and give you a link, an email that'll notify you, you know, when the new episode is out. Or if you prefer to listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever app you listen to, you can also just follow the show there. So hopefully this episode gave you some insight if you're a new paralegal just starting out or if you've been in the field for a while, maybe it got you thinking, what would you do differently? Share it in the comments or share it with that new paralegal in the office. You could make that person's day by sharing your insight and perspective with them on what you would do if you were starting out just like them now. Next week is our last episode of the year. I can't believe it. So in that episode, I'm going to be giving you the results of our paralegal survey that we put out earlier this year. You might remember it. You don't want to miss that one. I hope that you have a wonderful week and that you get to enjoy some time off around the holidays for some reflection. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast. 
and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.